0: Good afternoon and welcome to Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom Ooh,
1: style.
0: <laughs> I am Jay Pfeiffer and you can follow me at Truth and Reason underscore on the Twitter. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at 2NDCSCHI. And uh, of course, we've got Lakina and Lamont joining us so far. So what's going on, folks? What's hey. up?
1: What's up? Got a lot to talk about today.
0: <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. We're going to wrap up some basketball talk. Of course, there has been an NBA champion crowned. And if you've been living under a rock, you should know that it's the Lakers. So we'll get into that and how they were <laughs> able to wrap up the series and what's next for the Miami Heat. Uh, we've also got some compelling series in baseball and uh, baseball playoffs. We've got game five tonight between uh, Houston and Tampa Bay. And we've got, I believe that's also game. I'm sorry, that's game six in the American yeah. League. Game five is tonight uh, between the Dodgers and the Braves, and the Braves looking to close that out. So hopefully we'll get into that. And uh, looks like we've got Sydney joining us. What's going on, Sydney? What's good, my people? What's good? What's good? What's good? Happy weekend. Yes, sir. Uh, all right, all right. Everybody, introduce yourselves. Where can they follow you?
1: Okay, I'm Lakena McGee. You can follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter at McKenna underscore McGee on the Instagram.
2: I'm Lamont Scott. You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott sixty nine on Instagram, and Lamont Scott sixteen on Twitter.
3: You can follow yours truly on Twitter and Instagram at Sidkid eighty. Once again, at Sidkid eighty. That's S I D K I D eight zero. That's S I D K I D eight zero. And you can follow the show, Second City Sports. It's part of our We Are We Radio Programming War Media at War on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, wherever you download your podcast. Make sure you download War on Anchor. We are also on iHeartRadio. Please, please, please download the iHeartRadio app when you do type in your search engine box war on anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And we're also on YouTube at War Media. That's W-A-R-R Media. Type that in your search engine box on YouTube. You see our lovely faces like you are watching right now.
1: <laughs> All right. So uh some interesting things happening in the uh where you guys want to start first. We got the MLB, we got basketball, we can finish that up. There's also some coaching things happening. And well, I guess we'll start with the basketball too. So Jason, you weren't on with us when the Lakers officially clinched you. What did you think about the series? And can the Lakers sort of, you know? Start off a new dynasty.
0: No. Well, well listen, I, I mean, I give <laughs> – you, you guys knew how I felt about this series coming in before it started. Um, I didn't think it was actually going to be as competitive as it was. I give Miami a ton of credit, I, obviously, more specifically, Jimmy Butler. I give Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat a ton of credit just for getting that extra game because, like you guys, you, you know, you guys you knew my thoughts on this. I thought it was either going to be a sweep or a five-game series. So for, for Miami to get it to six, although they did get blown out in that game six, um, you know, I give them a ton of credit for that. Uh, and, you know, it, you guys know how I felt about sort of these playoffs and, and Lakers. I, I know LeBron, of course, he had his signature triple-double to close out the series in game six. Of course, that's, you know, that's, that's what he does. I'm, I'm not trying to take credit away from him. But you guys knew how I felt about this narrative as well. He's a great, great player. But he is not the most important player on that team. I don't think the Lakers get past the second round without Anthony Davis. That's just my opinion. I could be totally wrong. I'm not a basketball expert, folks. So uh, he's pretty smart. My my opinion on that. But, of course, he gets the triple-double to close it out and gets the finals MVP. Now the greatest of all time discussion comes up, which I still think is a dead, dead issue – Um, I, I don't get into the reasons why this is a dead issue, but you guys know how I feel about this. He's, this is not even close to me. He will be one of the greats. His story is still need to be written. He's got a few more years left. We'll see where he ends up. But, um, you know, again, congratulations to the Lakers 17th championship tying the Boston Celtics for most in the NBA, uh, in NBA history. And we'll see where they go from here. They've got some questions to answer. Anthony Davis will probably resign, even though he's a free agent. Rondo, I believe, opted out of his contract, though. So I think that's a loss for them for that bench and that second unit. So we'll see where the Lakers go from here. Okay.
3: Also, also, okay. Also, too, will, you, uh, will the Lakers consider trading Danny Green, even though he has a player option for uh, this offseason? Because he was, he was basically a miss this year. And um, he had his moments, but he did better in Toronto last year than he did this year with, with the Lakers. Also, too, Dwight Howard is a free agent. I know some playoff, some some of the games during the playoffs, he played very little to none at all, and it, it, it depended on the, uh, the matchups for the other teams. And also too, like you mentioned, Jason Rondo, he has options should the Lakers not bring him back. And uh, the NBA is going to face, what the three other three major sports are going to face, is uh, the uh, the flexibility or lack of flexibility in salary cap due to this pandemic that we are in right now. So. Uh, the players think uh, wherever were, were free agents think they were going to get a quote-unquote big payday, that's going to be put on hold. You're going to get uh, a whole lot less. It depends on how much you're looking for. This Lakers team is going to look different next year. How different, we don't know, but I'll, I'll tell you what, guys, the competition is going to get much tougher. We saw what Denver uh, did this year in the bubble. We saw what Utah did in the bubble this year. The Clippers, we'll get into them in a minute, but uh, they have, have changes on their coaching staff. Also, too, the Golden State Warriors, presuming that all all their superstars are healthy, they're going to give it a, a, another run or two. It depends on who they pick it up pick up in the draft as well. Are they a contending team as far as championships? I'm not sure. I think they are definitely a playoff team, but we'll see what happens with that. And also, too, let let's look at just at the whole Western Conference. Houston is going to have a, a, a new coach, maybe a new roster as well. So, uh, is is if people think that the Lakers are going to have a cakewalk to the title next year, even though you have LeBron James at his advanced age, the
2: way he's playing, you're kidding yourself. Uh, uh I got to, I got to agree with Jason. That team, if it stay together, which it doesn't look like a piece of it is going to stay. I mean, LeBron. Yeah. He, if he stays, I think he's going to be the only one still left. I don't, I mean, AD, they say it's impossible for him to come back home, but I don't think it's impossible, man. And and, and a lot of people, I mean, this might've been it for LeBron. I think this might've been LeBron's last, this is his last go round as a, as, as a champion. I mean, he got something left in the tank, but he shouldn't have been that MVP of that one that Anthony Davis was the MVP. And you know, that might rub him the wrong way also. I mean, that's why, um, I'm looking forward to talking to people that's from L.A., a couple of our colleagues from L.A., just to see where their head's at on that whole situation. So, again, congratulations to them. But uh, like, and like you mentioned, Sid, with these coaching changes, I mean, Houston, Houston has to make roster changes, especially with the coach they're bringing in. So I don't think the coach they're bringing in runs anything sort of an offense like the players that they have in their system right now. So I know uh, that coach will not play without a center. So, you know, it remains to be seen what they're going to do.
1: It's going to be hard for the Lakers to kind of get back to back to back. So sort of they like start off that new kind of mini dynasty, like, like, like you guys all said to I me, mean, you got the Warriors, the Clippers, and their new head coach. We'll get to him in a little bit. Denver is still going to be around. Dallas is still going to be around. We'll see where OKC is. The Blazers might still be around. So you still got a lot of teams in the West that are going to be right there. And we'll see where Phoenix is. So it's going to be very what? interesting to see where this goes with the West because there are going to be a lot of changes, both, both with personnel and coaching. So it's going to be very hard now. I'm not going to you know totally write the Lakers off, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to be one of those people that say it's going to be a cakewalk for them. I just don't think it's going to happen.
0: And don't forget about a team like the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, you guys, we named a lot of teams in the West. The West is loaded. We know this already, guys. But a team like New Orleans, young, hungry, really good, right? The Dallas really? Mavericks, you know how I feel about Luka Doncic, Luka. Young, still, and hungry. I think they could be a top five or four seed next year. I really believe that. Um, the Clippers – they're probably going to fall off a little bit, but obviously still going to be competitive, right? You still got Denver. You still got Utah. Oklahoma City may take a step or two back, right? Maybe. Houston may take a step back or two. But if you guys are thinking, if anybody out there, I know you guys wouldn't be thinking this, but if anybody out there in the landscape, in the bursts, is thinking that the, the Golden State Warriors are still not a championship caliber team, they are fooling themselves. they are back, they're going to be healthy. That is going to be key, and they're going to be hungry again too. They don't like they don't like how the last couple of years ended. So if you think Klay Thompson and Steph Curry and Draymond Green aren't going to be focused next year, you're mistaken.
2: And mad, Jason. They're going to be. Yeah. they're going to yeah. Oh, you're going to just disrespect us. You're going to forget we are here. Yeah. they're going to hurt some people. They got they got some young people coming in. They, them people are going to be dangerous next year. That's that other team. Like OKC okay, will fall out maybe. But you're going to have that Phoenix team. You're going to have Gold, Phoenix and Golden State. And as you mentioned, Dallas, Them people going to have – Dallas going to have something to say. That Dallas and Golden State, I'm looking so forward. in New Orleans, as you mentioned, who I've always watched in the back of my head, even when they was complete derbies, because they're New Orleans. But at the same time, all of them teams going to have something to say. And that may – I mean, I don't see the Lakers doing anything much, like I say, if AD State, I mean, he should have got that MVP, and he didn't. So, you know, he might come home. He might come
1: home. Why not? Look, well, yeah, that's not happening. I think, I think Davis will say He'll probably do like you know, year one-year deal, so he can keep opting out and probably get even more money. So, for anybody that says, "Oh, well, you might come back to Chicago," but they might no, build, they,
2: they, That's they not build happening. Lakers around him now, if they turn, if they change it and build the Lakers around him, that may be a change that'll keep him in LA forever.
1: Yeah. It'll be interesting, though. Uh, Tyron Lue now looks like he's going to be the new coach of the Clippers. What do you guys think of that move? Can I start? Th- Go
2: ahead. I, I, I mean, and this is just my opinion. I, I, think, I, I think players of a certain stature have an issue being coached by players who they felt wasn't as good as them. Now, they make a ticket from a guy who never played the game, but really, really smart. But when you bring in coaches and you have players who that coach wasn't necessarily better than on the court, I think in the back of their head they got little issues with that. So I don't, I don't really see how Tyronn Lue gonna be successful trying to coach a Kawhi Leonard and a Paul George. He may not have problems out of both of them, but one of them who may not be as good as what people say he is in the playoffs may have an issue, an attitude going forward with a coach such as that. But, you know, it remains to be seen. I don't, I don't think it's going to work just like what they're doing in Houston. I don't think it's going to work with that coach.
3: Well, if, the, if people thought that the Clippers had pressure on them this year as an organization, pressure is going to be on them even more next year because after next year, both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George can opt out of the, the contracts which they signed for last summer, excuse me, before the start of, of this past season. Taramu has the respect of the players, yes. But like you said, Lamont, it all comes down with, to what they do in the playoffs. I'm talking about the whole roster. I believe Montrezl Harrell is a free agent uh, this offseason. Yep. So, going to see how much, uh, or how much does it take to bring him back. It looks like they're going to have just about the same team. I know Chauncey Billups, uh, who did TV with ESPN and the Clippers uh, this past season. Now, he's the lead assistant. I know he was up for the Indiana Pacers head job, but he's not going to get it now, but uh, he's going to be on Tower Ty- Lue's staff. So it's going to be interest- interesting to see what the what the Clippers do for 2021. Uh, you can't blame City anymore. You traded away Blake Griffin. You got rid of Chris Paul. You got rid of DeAndre Jordan. Of course, you Doc Rivers took the blame for this past season's collapse in the playoffs. So uh, Steve Ballman, the owner, it's all on you now.
0: Yeah, yeah I I Personally, think again. Like I said, the Clippers may take a step back. I know Tyron Lewis is taking, you know, had taken some time away from coaching. Again, they're still talented. I think they're still going to be there. But um, excuse me, you also, you guys also know how I feel about Paul George. If he's on that team, they're they're, they're no. you're not going to go anywhere. They <laughs> do No, gosh. Yeah, no, we'll see. But listen, I I, I love Tyron Lewis. I think he's going to probably have the players more accountable than they were under Doc Rivers. I, I, I'm finding that hard to believe. But there wasn't really a whole lot of accountability with that LA Clippers team. They just seemed to sort of waltz through the season, as we all had noticed, you know, even before the shutdown. So we'll see what happens with Tyron Lue. But um, I think I think it's a pretty good hire.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I look, he has a little bit of experience now, so... He'll know how to coach and kind of, you know, keep that team in line. So I'm not worried about him and what's going hap- to happen. I mean, he's got, champ- he's got championships as well as a player, as a coach, now under his belt. So I'm not worried about what he's going to do for the Clippers. I think, if anything, they may actually listen to him. So who knows? And he'll actually hold those guys accountable. I know because Doc kind of took the brunt of it, but Lou's sort of like the kind of guy that will kind of, you know, call his guys out when he needs to. When he needs to. So that'll yep. be interesting. Um, Rockets, uh, it looks like Jeff Van Gundy, the latest rumors are that Jeff Van Gundy might be the front runner or at least a finalist. And now apparently he wants Mark Jackson to come in and coach with him to be one of his top assistants. What do you guys think about that move, potentially?
3: Uh, well, you, well, Mark Jackson cannot be quote-unquote blackballed anymore if that happens, correct? Right? At least he's got a foot in the door. Yeah. yeah I don't Jeff.
2: think he a foot in the door. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a crime that he was blackballed in the first place, Sid. But I guess, you know, that was that was what was going on. Um, but listen, they well, selfishly, I I wouldn't want it because of the broadcast. Uh, they do so well on the ESPN broadcast. But uh, they they obviously have a personal chemistry going on. Right, folks. So, I mean, if, if they can make that work there, I don't I don't see why not. I think it, I think it could be something at least worth looking at, don't you? I think so. Uh, like,
3: like you mentioned, Jason, they had good chemistry on the air. Uh, hopefully they can work out with the type of roster they, they, that they could have for Houston. Let's be honest too, Mark Jackson, this is uh, fair or unfair, this is the time for him to quote-unquote rebuild this image. The reason why he didn't continue coaching at Golden State because he had he tried to build that Pat Riley mentality atmosphere as us against them. Of course, there were some other things that, that went on too. People can look that up for themselves, but uh he, he, uh he did play for Pat Riley in the, the, Pat Riley's first year in New York back in the 91-92 season. And of course, Pat Riley traded him to the Clippers following that season. So he tried to uh, adopt that mentality in, in with Golden State. And other management just wasn't happening. But the players loved it. So and Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond, we all speak highly of him. So he did something, right? He got that franchise to 50 wins before Steve Kerr took it over and, of course, led them to those – Three World Championships. So, should Jeff going to get that job and, and Mark Jackson get that lead assistant job? This is for Mark Jackson to rebuild his image. Now, will he guarantee him another head coaching spot? We shall see.
2: But it will be nice for him to get his foot back in the door as far as coaching is concerned. You, you know, it might be a situation here, like Jason mentioned, with their uh, chemistry. It may be a situation of Van Gundy knowing that he can get his foot in and he can bring Mark along and then he can step away and maybe leave it with Mark and allow Mark to be back in. I mean, that's the only way I think Mark can get back in. But, I mean, like Jason said, he shouldn't have been out in the first place, especially this long. But, you know, we, it remains to be seen. I mean, I'm like you said, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with it if he can get back in there.
3: All right. Joining us right now, he's uh, Sports Entertainment and entertainment reporter for Nightfall Media, which you can hear on iHeartRadio. Just download the iHeartRadio app. And also, he's been seen on Fox Sports, NBC Sports, and ESPN. And you can also hear him as a guest analyst on uh, Fred Rogan Rodney Pete's uh, afternoon show on AM570 LA Sports every Thursday once Dodgers baseball is concluded. And you can see him on NBC4's uh, going Rogan with Fred Rogan, the TV show on Sunday nights on NBC4, uh, KNBC TV in Los Angeles. And we're waiting for Nick Hamilton uh, to join us as he gets his audio together. You can follow him on social media and uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Nick NickHamiltonLA. Once again, at Nick LA. Nick, welcome to the show. How are you?
4: Hey, man. How you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I apologize for the tardiness.
3: No, no, you're
1: fine. Um... First off, uh, the Dodgers are on the brink of elimination. I'm seeing Dodgers Twitter already, like, kind of freaking out. So what's the mood over there in, uh, in L- L.A., Nick? Uh,
4: the nerves are absolutely, you know, on, on par um, because this team was so loaded and so talented when we started the season in 2020. Um, I think when you look at what has transpired in the last several years with them going to the World Series, a few times and coming up short and didn't have the 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 issue was the bullpen at one point the issue was we didn't have enough hitting at some points. the issue was the starting rotation sometimes but now it seemed that this year we had the most balanced team when it came to hitting when it came to the pitching when it came to uh certain things that um you know, it's just something that really had to, we really felt, well, LA really felt like it had an opportunity, especially with the 60 game season, with the shortened season. Um,
1: oh, did we lose it? 60 game
4: sorry. season, I'm sorry. Um, you know, you really had a great opportunity to capitalize on, on getting a World Series and getting to the World Series again. But not only that, but winning the World Series because you had a Mookie Betts, who was an AL MVP, who was probably going to be the National League MVP this year because of the numbers that he put up. You look at what Cody Bellinger uh, was coming off the year that he had last season. Um, you know, Corey Seager. Um, you had Kershaw. You have, you know, Walker Bueller, who's now the ace of the Dodgers. Uh, Julio Urias. Uh, who's a young up-and-coming pitcher. Um, and then you had David Price before he decided to opt out due to COVID and, and, and his concerns with uh, COVID-19 and his family. So you looked at on paper, you was like, okay, this is a, a premier Dodger roster. This is a roster that could possibly get it done. Um, and unfortunately, they have they can't get it done. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a mental thing. Um, you know, the, the the roster is pretty tight. They're pretty set. Uh, So, you know, I think Dave Roberts is a a really good baseball manager. Uh, But I tend to think sometimes analytics supersede, you know, the eye test and the gut test. And sometimes, I mean, every team in baseball uses analytics to some degree. You look at the Houston Astros, they use analytics. But also, they know when to put the analytics back in the box. And they use the eye test and the gut test to make sure they adjust their lineups accordingly. And I think that's been the Dodgers, to me, the Achilles heels that they they rely too heavily on analytics and not enough balance when it comes to the eye test and the gut test. Um, Because I think the Dodgers are a great organization. I think they're very smart minds inside that organization, starting with the ownership with the Guggenheim partners and Magic Johnson down to Stan Caston, down to Andrew Freeman, who I think is an incredible baseball mind, but also too. Numbers can't dictate what happens on the field that happens with the players that happens with, management seeing certain things that sometimes players can't see this is why dusty baker has been successful at the level that he's been even though he's brought five different teams uh to the playoffs which is never happened ever uh for a manager to do um you look at what the atlanta braves are doing right now with freddie freeman who i call a modern day chipper jones um he gets in he does he handles his business he gets on base he gets the hits and knocks People in, puts people in position to score uh, when he's on base. So, you know, Okuna has been – and he mind you, Okuna's only signed a one-year deal. So the, the, the numbers that he's racking up, he's he's due for a big payday, especially if the Braves uh, go ahead and, and knock the Dodgers out of this series and move on to the World Series. Um, that's going to be big for him. It's going to be big for the Braves. So it's not just a 3-1 lead that the Braves had. It's a mental 3-1 lead which could be a little bit more detrimental uh, because if you break somebody's spirit, you all seen teams where they, when, they, when their spirit gets broken, they pretty much check out. And I'm not saying the Dodgers have checked out. Uh, but I will say that this Braves team was underestimated. This Braves team was not respected fully by the nation. Everybody picked the Dodgers in either six or seven games because we saw what the Dodgers did. I know you're shaking your head, Jason, but most of America <laughs> picked the Dodgers.
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's, tell <the> <laughs> Let's tell the truth. I know oh, I would God. agree with that, but not- Okay, all right, all right. I, Maybe I, you didn't I, pick them. I, I but I agree with you on that.
4: Maybe <laughs> you didn't pick them, and I understand, <laughs> but most of America, if you look at all the, the, the networks and everybody, right. they picked the Dodgers because of what they saw on paper. Right. And that's exactly what they did. So, you know, listen, we all underestimate the Braves to a degree because we didn't know the type of camaraderie and the chemistry that they've had that propelled them. We know they, they got, you know, the Dodgers opened up a fresh can of whoop ass on uh, the other night and destroyed them. But I said the Braves took a night off. It's, a, it's seven straight games of baseball. You're going to have one of those nights. It's grueling. Um, but then the Braves came back and stomped a mud hole in them and walked it dry. So that's why they had a 3-1 lead. Um, it's not so much the Dodgers starters it's the it's the, re, it's the middle relief and the relievers that have been the problem for the Dodgers because if you notice that the Braves have scored in in late from the sixth inning on, the Braves have been able to score and put runners in scoring position. That's due to the bullpen because if you look at Walker Bueller, yeah he gave up a, a home run early to Freddie Freeman, but then Kike Hernandez came back with the offense in the fifth to tie it up. And that game was tied up until about I believe about the seventh inning. Excuse me, about the ninth inning. I'm sorry. And then you saw they opened up a fresh can of whoop ass. The same thing happened uh, on Thursday night. The game was tied one-one. Then all of a sudden, later on in the innings, that's when the Braves got an offensive onslaught and started scoring. So it's the it's the Dodgers' problem has been the middle relief to the to the bullpen to the relievers. That's been their problem. <laughs> That's been their absolute problem
0: yeah, so I guess I'll, that's where I'll bring it in, Nick um, so yeah, I, the rest of the group knows how I feel about the Dodgers. I felt this way for a few years now uh they They just haven't been able to get it done in the playoffs. I won't harp on that part, but um i I kind of want to focus on you you mentioned him just a few minutes ago, uh Walker Bueller he hasn't been he's been good but he hasn't been as efficient. You know, he's had to throw a lot of pitches to get through some of his outings, especially in the playoffs. I mean, obviously, it may not matter in, in, in these playoffs, but going forward, how do you think he can sort of rectify that problem?
4: Well, I think Walker has been dealing with the blister issue. Now he has two blisters that we found out about. So I think that's given him some problem with his command um, at times, his, his ability to throw the slider, to throw, his normal pitches that he would normally throw. I mean, he threw 100 pitches in his first game, which was a lot given the fact of how many innings he had to get through. And again, he maintained, you know, again, he maintained, he gave up the one run, but he was able to, to, to get back into his rhythm and really find find his his, his rhythm, I should say, uh, moving forward. And like I said, Kike came back and gave them the offensive lift that they needed. So they had the game tied 1-1. So I think Walker Bueller. I think, yeah, um, he hasn't been the sharpest walk of that we're accustomed to seeing, but he's battling through when it comes to just having, um, you know, dealing with the blister issues, which, you know, we've all, if you dealt with blisters, man, if you on those fingers and you, 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 you like, you're used to having those fingers come through for you, it's a bit of a stretch. It's no different than an, an ankle injury for a basketball player or, you know, a quarterback who's dealing with shoulder issues or elbow issues. It's the same way. Whether they're, uh, you know, 80% or 60%, they're still going to get out there, but they're not going to be as effective as if they were 100%. And I think that's the problem with Walker Bueller. But I think Walker Bueller is an outstanding pitcher. I think he's only going to get better with age. um, If he can stay healthy, Um, you know, he's going to be a a, a premier pitcher in this league at some point.
1: Lamont?
2: Nick, uh, question. Now, if the Dodgers were to get past this next game, What do you think, other than stirring up that middle relief, as you were saying, they need to do to get them to that point? Because I was on board with Jason to a certain extent with the Dodgers having to show me something, and I felt Mookie Betts was the answer to that. So now that they're fighting for their life, so to speak, if they get past this next game, what do you think they need to do to get a grasp on it and maybe – Fulfill what a lot of people thought they could fulfill by getting to this World Series and possibly even winning. it.
4: Well, first of all, Mookie's got to start hitting on a consistent basis. Um, The struggle is real. Uh, (laughs) He's been he's been struggling and even he's he's mentioned about it. You know, he's not happy about it, obviously, because he wants to be able to perform and, you know, make sure he contributes to the guys, you know, in the locker room. And so uh, I think that's one factor. I think you have to make sure that your pitching, your starting pitching is healthy enough to get through. We know Kershaw's had back issues uh, where he was scratched from an original start. Even though he pitched pretty well um, on Thursday night, it wasn't the Kershaw that we were accustomed to seeing. Um, so you got to make sure your starters are right. But, you know, Friday night is Dustin May. It's all up to Dustin May. And that's a lot of pressure to put on a young guy in that position and say, hey, you got to be able to pitch well, but it's also even more pressure on the offense to come through because the offense hasn't really been clicking the way outside of that one game when they destroyed them 900 to, to, to nothing, basically. Yeah. Um, the offense has got to start clicking. The offense has got to start putting themselves, with, you know, and be able to hit with runners in scoring position. If you, can, if you have a Cody Bellinger, if you have a Corey Seager, you have a Jock Peterson, you have a Mookie Betts, these guys can hit the ball, but they have to be consistent. They have to be strategic enough to be able to say, OK, listen, we've got to, uh, you know, make sure that we, we hit in the lineup order that we're hitting in. Not only that, Dave Roberts has got to make sure that he's well aware of what's going on in the latter part of the game as well from the sixth inning on. Maybe you have to start changing, guy, interchanging guys out of the lineup, maybe pinch hitting Later on in the lineup, or maybe having a pinch runner and saying, "Okay, hey man, you sit down. I'm gonna put this pinch runner in to try to steal a base. Especially if you're down by a run or so, and you have one out in the top of the eighth, you have a chance to at least tie the game, where you can send it into extras, and then it's a crapshoot after the extras because anybody could win at that point. So you have to make sure that you put yourselves in position to at least, if not take the lead, at least tie the game up if you're trailing in order for you to have a significant opportunity to win this game. Because now the pressure is absolutely on the Dodgers. And that's a lot of pressure to have. You have, excuse me, you have to win every single game. I know teams have blown 3-1 leads, the Clippers. Uh, But I know (laughs) also there have been teams that have been able to take care of of 3-1 leads. And maybe they won the series four games to two. So they did allow that extra game to come in. We saw that with the Lakers and the Heat in the NBA Finals. But they were able to take care of their business. And I think if you look at the Atlanta Braves and you look at what they're doing, um, they're on a mission. They're focused on getting to the World Series, but they're not going to look so far ahead where they overlook this game against Dustin May and the Dodgers on Friday night.
3: Nick, Nick Hamilton of Nightfall Media is joining us here on Sega City Sports along with Lakina McGee, Jason Pfeiffer, and Lamont Scott. I am Sydney Brown. Speaking of those Clippers, Nick, let's talk about a Clippers basketball right now. Ty- Tyron Lew has been named the new head coach before that squad. Chauncey Bell moves from the TV booth to his lead assistant. It looks like it's going to be the same team that's going to be brought back next season for 2021 with the section as of right now of Montrezl, who's a Currently a free agent. What do you expect from Mr. Liu in 2021? And assuming as that things go according to plans, you mentioned of uh, the Clippers not having great history in the playoffs. Do you expect Kawhi Leonard and Paul George they can opt out of the contracts following next season?
4: Well, to answer your first question, I don't expect too much. Um, I think Tyrod Lou is nothing but a retread. Um, he's a remix of Doc Rivers. I mean, he was the the chair next to doc rivers the entire couple of seasons that he's been there. Um, I don't, I don't, I didn't think that was a great hire, but but what choice did the Clippers have? Really? They weren't going to do what they should have done, which was hire Mark Jackson, who I thought would have been an incredible hire. Uh, but uh, currently he's, he's black for reasons that I won't discuss, but, um, I thought that would have been a much better hire. Uh, but Tyron Lue, they gave him five years. Congratulations to Tyron Lue. I don't begrudge him for taking the deal. I mean, what is he supposed to do? Turn it down when nobody else is really offering him a deal. He's still going, he was still going through the interview processes for other teams that were in contention for his services. So, you know, congratulations to him. As far as Kawhi Leonard and Paul George goes, um, you know, if, if Paul George ends up remaining in Los Angeles next season, uh, with Kawhi Leonard, I think you're going to get much of the same. But there's there's dissension in that locker room. There are guys that don't like the fact that Kawhi Leonard takes low management. Um, you know, he's being treated as the superstar that Kawhi Leonard is. And there's some. And until they get rid of that, that I don't want to say so much jealousy, but just that that type of thinking this is your teammate you knew this coming in what Kawhi Leonard did this ain't nothing new whether it's Patrick Beverly saying something or whether it was Montrezl Harold you know sneak dissing or whether it was anybody else you knew exactly what you were getting when you got Kawhi Leonard did you not follow with him in San Antonio did you not follow him in Toronto did you not did you not pay attention did you not pay attention to um what transpired you know coming over to the clippers and what the clippers agreed to allowing him to do and i think the clippers are again another incredibly smart organization they got they have a great front office with lawrence frank um and and and, you know with jerry west being the consultant um, you you see why lawrence frank was named executive of the year but it's also that entire staff and upper management because i think they are incredibly smart when it comes to basketball but sometimes that can sometimes that can be too much. What I mean by that is it's a fine line between genius and insanity. And sometimes you can stack the deck too much to where the overflow is worse than just being not having enough. And I think sometimes you have to, you have it, you have to put guys on board that are going to be on board with your vision. And, and I don't know if they didn't talk to these guys before bringing Kawhi Leonard on and, and explaining to him, you know, to them rather, this is what we're going to do. This is our mission. This is our focus. Maybe guys were still feeling like, hey, we took the Golden State Warriors to two games in the playoffs. We won 48 games last year. You know, maybe they still hung up on that. But you guys need a Kawhi Leonard because you couldn't get any farther without Kawhi. Um so, I think regular season, Paul George is, is fantastic in the regular season. It's the playoffs is the problem. And Paul George is not a, a – a, he tried to be a vocal leader, but everybody tuned him out because we all know he's not. And that's no disrespect to Paul. Everybody can't be that. But the Clippers' problem that's going to continue is the fact that they have no vocal leadership in that locker room. Who is the vocal leader? Kawhi leads by example. So, he doesn't say anything. The main reason why, the main reason why that team in Toronto was so successful with Kawhi Leonard, it wasn't just the skill set. They had a vocal leader in that locker room, which was Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry was the vocal leader in that locker room, so it it balanced out with Kawhi's quietness. But he put, he was loud on the floor when it counted. That's what you need. You go into the Lakers locker room. Who's the vocal leader? LeBron James, along with times John Rondo. You will have AD sometimes speak. You will have Dwight Howard sometimes speak. El Kuz will sometimes speak. They knew, but they knew what the chain of command was. You go to Golden State, who's the vocal leader? Steph Curry. At times, Draymond Green. There at times, Clay Thompson. You know who the chain of command is. We, uh, Giannis, Giannis in Milwaukee is the vocal leader in that locker room. But we don't know who the vocal leader is in the Clippers locker room, and that's their Achilles heel. Until you have a chain of command from the players and you bring somebody on that's going to be able to be vocal. This is why I said maybe they need to look at a DeMarcus Cousins in free agency. Maybe they need to look at a Serge Ibaka, not just for what they do on the floor, but what they, how they speak in the locker room to galvanize players. Boogie has done it. Serge Ibaka has done it. So they have experience in doing it. And I think they've all matured, especially Boogie has matured enough to know how to go about doing it in the right format. So maybe the Clippers could look at that option. But I don't expect too much more of the same that we saw last year. I think they make it to the second round unless things drastically change. And that's going to be be it for them. Will it be a top four, top five team in the West? Sure. If they stay healthy and everything goes well, absolutely they will because they're a talented team. But they just don't have enough to get over that, huh? Yeah. Is,
0: go no, go ahead, Lakina. Go
1: ahead. No, 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 it's okay. uh, what about the, the Lakers? Do you think they have a chance to perhaps maybe start off a dynasty? Or we were just talking about you know the other teams in the Western Conference that might pose a problem. What do you think about the Lakers and their chances to repeat next season?
4: Um, I think they have a good chance to repeat, but I don't think they will. I think because of LeBron's age, and I know people say, "Oh, but well, look what he's doing!" You know, he's playing. Yes, he's playing at a high level. When I give a lot of props to LeBron James. I don't understand where the hate comes from with LeBron James because he is that great of a player. But let's be clear. The man is about to be 36 years of age. And I know 36 is relatively young. We talk about just off the court, regular, everyday human interaction. But when it comes to basketball and the amount of basketball that this man has played, not even counting the playoffs, the playoffs, or if you combine all his playoff appearances, he's played an extra probably four seasons on top of what he's already played, right? And had short windows of rest in between those seasons because he's playing till June, he gets out, now you gotta go back to training camp, preseason, October 29th or 30th comes, the start of the season, now you're back in full mode. So he hasn't really had time. Last season, when, it, when, it, when the Lakers were gone in April, that was the first time he's had ample time to rest and really get his body back in the right shape. Um, but he's older. And he's dealing with little nagging injuries, the growing injury, um, little other nagging injuries. So those are going to take a toll on him. And, 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 and it's going to be a very grueling season next year because now the bullseye is on your back because you are the top dog. Everybody's trying to knock you and your squad off the mountaintop. So you're going to have to, so teams that wouldn't probably play you as hard, they're going to play you even harder just to have bragging rights to get a stripe off of you just because they say, hey, man, we beat the world champs. You know, even if it means it's just a regular season. So you're going to have to, and the playoff is going to get more intense. So I can't, I don't know if they have enough. I mean, the Western Conference is going to be tougher. You got a different team that continues to remain strong. Uh, we don't know what Houston is going to do. They're going to, you know, we know they're going to change up their, their philosophy of how they play ball. Um, you know, so there's some factors in it. D- Dallas could be better, especially if they make some signings this offseason to give Lucas some help. I always said Luka needs a goon. So if they can get one of those, you know, that might help them propel themselves into the playoffs. Portland is nothing to sneeze at. Um, you know, I still look at, <clears throat> excuse me, oh, um, let's see what OKC has to do. Obviously, Golden State's going to be back in the mix, especially everything is contingent upon what Golden State does. If Golden State ends up flipping that pick and getting rid of Andrew Wiggins and making a move for Giannis, for example, that changes the entire Western Conference playoff picture. Um, if they decide to do that. Um, if they don't, then we'll see what the what the Warriors do. But regardless, they're still gonna be a formidable opponent because you got a very healthy Steph and Clay, along with Draymond and Andrew Wiggins, which is something nothing to sneeze at, nothing to sleep on. So the Western Conference is gonna be loaded. You look at the East, you you know, Giannis is gonna be there, obviously, in the regular season. Uh you got you can't really truly count out Toronto because they're gonna make some moves. You know, Messiah Ujiri is an incredibly smart uh, basketball mind. He's going to make the moves necessary. You got to look at the Boston Celtics. Um, you know, this was a this was kind of a wacky year. I think if if this was a normal year, non-COVID, I think the Boston Celtics may have been going to the NBA Finals this season. Um, they have a lot of talent over there. Um, and then you know, it, it's just a, it just, and then we'll see what happens from there. But there are a lot of, there are several teams in the West, man. It's going to be hard for the Lakers to repeat. Um, and I think LeBron stays at four uh, by the time he retires.
0: Yeah, Nick, you you made a, a really a lot of good points, um, especially about the Clippers and Doc Rivers. I don't know how much time we, we have with you. I, I kind of want to get into this Doc Rivers discussion, but I'll switch it to a, just another gear. Um, you, and you just touched on it literally a few seconds ago. Do you think personally that We And I'm not saying this would have happened, but but do you think that we would have seen some different results in the playoffs, especially maybe out east without the bubble, without the whole COVID-19 shutdown and things like that? Because I was under, uh, and it's still my uh, opinion, that a a few of these series could have gone different in the east and maybe also in the west if there was a, a true home court advantage in some of these matchups. So what was sort of your view on how the playoffs played out in the bubble. Do you think there could have been some different results? Um, it could have
4: been. I mean, we'll never know, obviously. But, I mean, it could have been. But I have to say, before I go any further, I have to say, you know, my my hat's off to Adam Silver and the NBA uh, for what they were able to do. No COVID test, no positive COVID test while inside the bubble. They were able to, to crown a champion. Many people didn't know if they were going to be able to finish the season. Uh, so they were able to find a place months and months later through a a life and death pandemic. Um, This was probably the hardest championship anybody would have won because of the grueling circumstances that they went through. But to answer your question, I think, I mean, we don't know. I mean, it could have been different. Obviously, it would have been different because you have that home court, especially with Denver and the Clippers, uh, Lakers and the Rockets. Maybe you would have had a healthier Westbrook. That would have made a difference. I don't know. Um, And then you got the Lakers in the heat. Um, That might have swung a different way. You know, the Lakers might have swept that series. I don't know. They could have gone seven games with that series. I don't know. Um, I've always said the Miami Heat are one player away from winning a championship, uh, but I think they're on the right road. I think Eric Spolstra is an incredible coach. Uh, And there were a couple of games where he out-coached Frank Vogel, hands down, Uh, whether they were in a bubble or it was was the old normal that we were accustomed to. Um, He's just that good of a coach. Uh, but, you know, the champions are who the champions are. There's no asterisk needed. I think it's asinine to say that it needs to be an asterisk. You are an anal cavity if you think that because you obviously don't understand what it means with these with these players. Every single player, not just the Lakers in the heat, but every player inside that bubble from the from the eight-game play-in to the playoffs, what they had to sacrifice, what they had to, to, to leave behind. You know, uh, Alex Caruso couldn't even go to his sister's wedding that's how much he sacrificed. That's his, you know, that's his, that's his family. You know, you only see your sister. Hopefully your sister only gets married once. And you had to miss out on that because you, you, you sacrificed that for the greater good of the team and to, to get a championship. And it worked out for you. Um, you know, some, guy, <clears throat> excuse me, some guys, you know, had to get the limit wings yeah uh, <laughs> they couldn't they couldn't, they couldn't oh, help themselves, I mean, you know that was more important apparently um start man <laughs> you know I, I mean, I'm just throwing stuff out there, you know there's a lot of scenarios i I mean you know, I'm just talking don't mind don't never mind me <laughs> uh, but I think it's just there was a lot of there's a lot of you know what ifs and possible I mean think about it. the Lakers obviously want a mission with the loss of the late great Kobe Bryant, um as tragically as him and his his young daughter were, were taken from us. Um, and I say us because Los Angeles has, has really uh, – that's our, that's, our, that's our guy. I know he's, he was born in Philly and raised in Italy and came back, but he, Kobe's our guy. We watched him grow from 17 on, um, how he's embraced this city and what he's done for this city in front of the camera and behind the camera. So Kobe is ours. Um, and I know that took a, a huge toll on a lot of the guys in the Lakers, uh, not just in the, in, in the staff and Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka, but the players too, Anthony Davis being one of them, LeBron James, Rajon Rondo, um, you know, Dwight Howard. Um, so I think these guys are on a mission regardless, but it didn't make things easier by being locked down in a bubble uh, where you can't get any uh, extracurricular services as you are accustomed to getting during certain times to relieve some stress. Um you could you didn't have access to that. You had to stay in that bubble if you wanted to be eligible to play. So um I don't know, man. It's just it's it's interesting. I don't know when the 2021 season is going to start. Some say Christmas, some say sometime in January, maybe mid-January. Uh we know the NHL is gonna start January 1st, 2021, according to Gary Bettman, but that could change as well depending on the, the outbreak of this pandemic as we're seeing across the nation with College football games being postponed and canceled and NFL facilities being shut down uh because of COVID 19. So we don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, we don't even know if we're gonna finish out an NFL season and have a Super Bowl. I mean, NFL came out and said we're not gonna have the Pro Bowl, we're gonna have quote unquote activities, uh, whatever the <laughs> hell that means. Um <laughs> so, you know, we don't know what this thing's gonna do. So for for the NBA to finish their bubble, crown a champion. Um, I think it's remarkable, you know, shout out to them, shout out to the WNBA as well for being able to crown a champion, um, and being through their wobble or bubble, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, and we'll see if baseball is able to crown their champion. Now they're in their quote unquote, uh, bubble type of situation. So, you know, it remains to be seen, man. 2020 has been a, a rocky, a very rocky year to say the least.
2: And, uh, yeah, Nick keeping you with the, with the uh, Clipper thing, you mentioned earlier, do you think the Clippers need to, like, maybe make a move other than that Tyron Luce situation? you think they maybe need to look at moving a Paul George or moving someone else and maybe allowing Kawhi to be going to lead that team, man? It's just your...
4: Well, if you're playing 2K21, sure, that's probably the best bet you're going to have to try to move Paul George because who in the hell is going to take that damn contract? Nobody in their right mind is going to take that contract. And especially the way that he's been playing in the playoffs, nobody's going to sacrifice or mortgage, mortgage the farm, as they say, to get a player like Paul George, especially if they're trying to you know win and elevate their, their team. Um, I think you're just stuck with Paul George. And I don't mean stuck in a disrespectful sense because I like Paul George. I think he's a good brother. Um, I, think he, I think he's talented. I think he can play. It's just those question marks arise every playoff season. You know, are you going to show up consistently? He shows up at times. But for a player of his stature that he claims to be, you got to show up night in and night out. Now, Kawhi had a bad game game seven, not taking anything away from Kawhi Leonard in his bad game in game seven when the, when the, when the season was on the line. But let's look at Kawhi's history. Kawhi has been instrumental in winning championships. Kawhi has been instrumental in, in getting in guiding teams. Yeah, he's taking low management, but you know what? I can't blame the dude because what happened in San Antonio, we don't know the mental effects that happened to him in San Antonio by doctors mis, misdiagnosing you. I mean, if you've ever been misdiagnosed by a doctor, you're, you're skeptical of doctors for a while. It's like getting into a car accident. It takes you a while not to be shook by getting into a car or driving a car after a while. Um, it's the same way with Kawhi Leonard. And I think, you know, that one game should not – take away from what he's already accomplished. Um, and I think he's still a great player. I think he's one of the best wing defenders I've ever seen. And um, in the game today. And I still think that resonates uh, with him and his game and in, throughout the league. So one bad game, yeah, he, get, he, he deserves it, the criticism that comes with that, but he doesn't deserve to be canceled or written off because of the one bad game. He's still a great player. He just needs help. Now, if the Clippers can somehow, the Jerry West Magic, the Magic Wand can wave around and maybe get a Bradley Beal or somebody of that stature, or maybe get a, a Bradley Bill and a Dwight Howard in free agency, or maybe get a Bradley Beal and a DeMarcus Cousins package going, that could probably pay some dividends because I think, you know, Ty Lue is a decent coach, but I think Chauncey Billups is the, is the real one that's going to be able to be the glue to that to that, that team and that, that coaching staff. So I thought that was an incredibly smart gesture on Tyron Lue to hire Chauncey Billups, who already knows the team. He's been covering the team as a play-by-play announcer uh, for the last couple of seasons. So he knows what the team is. He knows the guys. Obviously, they have a great relationship with him. And Chauncey's a really, down to, really down-to-earth guy. So I think he's going to be able to speak volumes to the players, maybe reach some players that Tyron Lue may not be able to reach. And you're going to need that. Uh, same thing we looked at the Lakers with Jason Kidd and Phil Handy you know when, when guys maybe felt like they couldn't talk to Vogel they talked to Jason Kidd Jason Kidd will relay stuff same thing with Phil Handy Phil Handy's very respected throughout these NBA circles um, so it's great to have a staff where you have guys that may not be able to talk to the head coach all the time but they can have somebody they can talk to on the coaching staff that can relate to them so I thought that was an incredibly smart move on the Clippers part to bring in Chauncey Billups but Unless we see something of that magnitude, again, it's going to be the same old Clippers, man.
3: Last minute or two, moment or two with Nick Hamilton of Nightfall Media right here on Second City Sports, along with LaKeena McGee, Jason Pfeiffer, and Lamont Scott. I am Sydney Brown. Last question from me, Nick. Uh, listening to one of your appearances, radio appearances on Rogan and Rodney a few months back, you you talked about how one of the teams or maybe multiple teams – uh, in LA, did not give you proper access uh, to the players. Uh, I think it was pre-COVID. I, I'm not sure it was pre-COVID or right after COVID. But uh, um, following you on social media, you talked about uh, how uh, we as as Americans, we as a society, need to support uh, uh, black uh, media in particular, especially in the times that we are living right now. Talk to our audience about how 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 is it. How important is it for everybody to support Black media and different voices in particular and not just traditional uh, sports media?
4: No, I think that's an excellent question. Um, I I was saying that not just specifically speaking on my situations, but coming in contact with a lot of fellow colleagues of mine, friends of mine that are also in the business that have um, suffered at the hands of discrimination when it comes to Black media outlets and black owned media outlets to be specific, um, you know, we don't always get the respect and the opportunities that we've earned, that we've worked for. Um, if, for example, Sydney, if you let's say you worked for, you know, the the, the LA Times or you worked for, you know, the New York uh, you know New York Times or you know Sports Illustrated, you would be granted access because of your affiliation you could be a piss poor writer or you could be the greatest writer since sliced bread they don't necessarily look at that per se they look at the outlet first then they look at the actual individual when it comes to black owned media outlets they look at the media outlet and then they want to put all these sticklers and parameters around you and you have to go the extra mile to prove yourself which i have no problem proving myself um earning my way to getting the opportunities to be able to cover these teams or cover, you know, entertainment events or what have you, but don't discriminate because you looking at my outlet because you don't think my outlet is big. You don't know what the hell my outlet or other people's outlets, how diverse they are. You just numbers, I mean, and, and that's another thing we as, as black media members have to be cognizant of is asking the right questions. Okay, why am I not being allowed into your establishment or organization? What is preventing me from a lot from you allowing me an opportunity or access to come into these events? Oh, you say it's my numbers. OK, can you show me something in writing where it says I have to have so many numbers on social media as well as my website, attracting so many visitors per month or what have you? Can you show me something in writing? Nine, to- eight and a half times out of 10, they can't because they have no number. That's just a stipulation they try to throw out, of- out at you. And some people will bite on it. Some won't. I'm not biting on it. I want to see proof of what your stipulations are. I don't have a problem earning my way to getting to that problem. And that's another thing I've even spoken to other Black me- me, uh, media members about that have Black-owned media outlets that look, man, you got to put in the work. Yeah, it seems like, oh, man, why do we have to jump through these hoops? Hell, Black people in general in this country have been jumping through hoops for centuries. So this ain't nothing new. It, does it suck? Yes. Is it unfair? Absolutely. Well, wise man once told me fair is a place where they judge pigs. So you're either going to do the work and get on the grind and then make and then open up opportunities for you. So now you have a stronger case. If you spent a season, I mean, I'll tell you a quick story. When I when I in LA, there was no NFL football, right? NFL football left when I was pretty much a, a teenager on the brink of being a teenager, which was 94. So we lost two teams. We lost the Rams, we lost the Raiders. We had no NFL football. USC football was our pro team. We used to, I, used to, I used to be the running joke in L.A. They just play on Saturdays. That's the running. That was the running joke. And USC was po- that's why USC was even more popular, not just nationwide when they were winning, but in L.A., because we had no other football to turn to. Once we started getting measures back into, you know, sniffing around to getting football back, I was at an event. The San Diego Chargers at that time came up to this particular event. Um, I met with the PR individual um, who I thought was who was a great guy, you know, never would take anything away from them. And I interviewed the head coach. They had just hired that year. Turned in my information, went back and forth with him. He would not allow me access to anything. Yet I still wrote as if I was there. I still kept abreast of what's going on. Drove and then finally he let me into practices. I, I think I took four practices that year. I drove from LA to San Diego, San Diego to LA. Eventually, it moved on to getting preseason stuff, OTAs, things of that nature. Mind you, I was still covering the Houston Texans. That was my very first NFL team. I would fly down there two times a year to cover games, and I would go to a training camp while I was down there. Stop covering the Texans, focus more on the Chargers. Eventually, end up covering. 7 out of 8 home games. And I'm driving back and forth on my own dime. Back and forth. 2 hours one way, 2 hours no, excuse me, 3 hours the next way cuz on Sunday it's hell on in a handbasket when it comes to LA traffic. And I told people this is why I st- so when they moved to Los Angeles, it wasn't that drastic of a deal because I already had built up equity covering that franchise. So now my case is stronger. Because I can say, well, look, man, I was covering y'all when y'all was in San Diego. And I had to fight for that. And I thank God I won. I say that to say, sometimes you got to go the extra mile to get what you want. You could complain all you want to. You can voice your opinion, but pick your battles wisely. And that's all I was saying is that you have to pick your battles wisely. But at the same time, we are important. We matter. We have a voice that we speak to that middle America can't always speak to. We are covering these athletes who are superstars now, but a lot of black media was covering them while they were in college, some in high school before they made it big. And now they get to the pro level and all of a sudden they want to, they want to bridge that divide away from us because they're scared that we're coming up with some secret meetings or whatever it may be. The inferiority, the the, the superiority starts to, to kick in. And even I have to deal with PR people. And I have to remind some of these players, look, that person works for you. You don't work for them because some of these white PR people will sit up there and, 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 and segregate you away from their quote unquote clients. And, and I'm not saying every white PR person like that, because there's some great white PR people that have helped me, that have looked out for me. There's some, there's, there are some, uh, you know, there's some black PR people that have helped me. There's some Latino straight, gay, whoever. There's good and bad in all of it. But you have to make sure that you have a strong case. And we matter. We have a voice. We we, we deserve the opportunities that we earn. And until you start recognizing us as equals, as far as, hey, we're just as good as a Sports Illustrated. We're just as good as an LA Times. If not better, we're just as good as an ESPN. But it also starts with us to have that mindset. When I came into this business, My mindset was not to compete with the smaller websites. That's easy. My mindset was to take my company to, okay, what is ESPN and Fox and Yahoo and, you know, the Grio and, you know, Shadow League and all these other great, you know, news outlets. What are they doing that's that's making them so successful? That's what I looked at. And that's what I looked at from day one. So we got to start making sure that we have those, We have that mindset so we can put ourselves in contention for those opportunities. But we are just as important as anybody else. And we have to fight twice as hard to get the same opportunities as everybody else. And that's wrong. But we have to keep fighting and force the issue because if we give up the fight and we don't force the issue, we won't have a voice because they're trying to marginalize us every year that they can to get rid of us. Because the whole goal is to try to get rid of not only the, the black voice, I believe, but also the small or the up-and-coming uh, outlet when it comes to uh, providing coverage. And our stories are different. Our stories are just different. That Some of them are the same, but some of them are different. And I'm sure some of you even on this show, you, got to, you come in contact with players, and you see how different certain players treat you when they see another person that looks like them versus the people that they're always accustomed to, that means something. So we need to make sure that we all band together and stop. Yeah, we all have individual goals and that's fine. But we in order for our voices to remain strong and relevant, we've got to put our own egotistical issues to the side and start banding together. And have you guys having, you know, me on shows like this and other shows, we have to start supporting one another. Even if it's something simple as a, a, a as a retweet or a like or a reshare of something. We have to start supporting each other. We have to start putting up a united front. And then the people that, the black folks that are in charge, like NABJ, who I think does a great job, we got to start putting even more pressure on them to say, hey, we're not getting access to these, uh, these events or these teams. We need your help. What are you going to do? And if they don't do anything, then it becomes us. Okay, well, let's. if they form an organization like that, then maybe we should form our own organization. You know and I'm not knocking NABJ because again, I think they do a great job. I think you know, Dorothy, the president, I think she's done she's made some significant strides uh with NABJ and I applaud her as well. But I'm just saying as an example, hey man, we gotta start putting pressure on those who have these platforms. And also too, people, some of our own black colleagues that are, are, are with you know the yahoos and the sports illustrators. Hey man, can you retweet this? Can you look out? Can you, you know, come on my platform? Can you you know, help me out here because people don't realize you guys get a Chris Haynes on here. You know how big that is? Cause he's going to retweet it. He's going to talk about it and you guys are going to talk about it. Right. Or you get a Mark Spears from ESPN, who I think is another great guy, you know, Mark Spears is a down to earth dude. You know, you get a Mark Spears on here. You know, that's major, you know, a guy that is in charge of the undefeated who I think they've done a great job uh, you know, trying to tell our stories and, 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 give some insight to what's going on. Um, you know, so there's, and there's several others, you know, you look at a Kerry champion, you look at a Jamel Hill, you look at, you know, uh, so many countless others, you get those people on board, but you know, Hey man, we shouldn't have to pull teeth to get our own people on our platforms.
1: Well, well said Nick. Um, you can follow him at Nick Hamilton LA on Twitter. And I looked through your knife file media, um, outlet uh and all your various platforms you, do, you guys do a great job there so all of you guys check it out it's a great site you know all great content and you guys do an amazing job nick and thank you so much for joining us because we, we gotta do this again this is this is some great stuff
4: hey you know what first and foremost thank you guys for having me on you know lakina lamont jason sydney thank you guys for having me on as well i really greatly appreciate the opportunity Again, I apologize for being late. I know that's stereotypical. (laughs) I don't like doing that, but uh, I thank you guys. And I like, you know, I have, you know, I've been very fortunate to have a great team um, that does a great job to keep the the outlet going. Um, That's not just me by myself. You know, whether it's, you know, my production crew, um, you know, uh, you know, the hosts that are on with various shows that we do, that we produce through the outlet, Um, you know, credit goes out to them. Um, you know, the, the, the folks that write some of the pieces or, or contribute to some of the pieces, um, you know, credit goes out to them. So I think it's just a valid team effort, much like you all have a a great team here. Um, I think that's, that's important. So, you know, thank you again so much for, uh, having me on. And we're also in the process of revamping the website. So hopefully in the next couple of months, uh, by the time you guys tune in on it, it will be where I envision it to be.
1: (laughs) All right. Uh, Awesome. Thank you so much, Nick.
4: Thank you. You guys have a great day now. You Thanks. too. You
1: guys stay you, safe. All right. That was Nick Hamilton from Nightfall Media at Nick Hamilton LA on the Twitter and at Nightfall Media at N-I-T-E Fall Media. That's how you spell it. So check it out on our various social media platforms. So, do you guys want to take a break or do you want to keep going? Because I think we know we're, we know we're a little pressed for time, so we'll, we'll along with Nick. So, do you guys want just want to keep going?
3: Uh, let's take a quick timeout, quick okay. twenty second timeout, and okay. then we'll come back do our NFL picks, college football, and we'll have a little bit more fun. Listen to Second City Sports Weekend Edition, Zoom style. Zoom. So- Zoom style. Welcome back to our second segment of the weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom, Zoom
4: style.
3: Along with Lakina McGee and, and Jason Pfeiffer and Lamont Scott, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on Twitter and the Instagram at 80 Once again, SK80. That's, That's SIDKID80. That's
2: SIDKID80. Lamont? And you can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott sixty nine on Instagram, and Lamont Scott sixteen on Twitter.
1: You can follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter and at Keena underscore McGee on Instagram.
0: You can follow me at Truth and Reason underscore on the Twitter, and you can follow the show's Twitter handle at two N D C S C H I.
3: And you can follow this show on War or Anger, which which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you download your podcast, make sure you search for War on Anchor. And we're also on iHeartRadio. Just download the iHeartRadio app, type in that search engine box, War on Anchor, that's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And also, we are on YouTube at War Media, that's W-A-R-R Media. You can see our lovely faces like you're watching right now. Voila, there we yeah. are. Before we get to our NFL picks, quickly, just for a couple of seconds, we like to say, thank Nick Hamilton of Nightfall Media out there in Los Angeles. As Lakeland mentioned in our last segment, you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at NickHamiltonLA. That's once again at Nick Hamilton LA. I want also want to give a shout out to It's the Bigs. That's Terrence Tomlin and Eugene McIntosh, both uh, friends of the show. Of course, I think it was actually a year ago that we had, uh, Eugene had to go away for an event, but we had Terrence Tomlin in studio. Of course, they're based here out of Chicago. I just want to give those two guys a big shout out They will be back on this show very soon and they can tell you stories of how they had to go jump through hoops to cover these teams as an independent outlet here in Chicago. Of course, they're the only black independent outlet in Chicago with access to the Chicago Bulls, Chicago Bears, Cubs, and White Sox. So want to shout out those guys as well. well. We will bring them back on the show again in the future. We haven't forgot, forgotten about you guys Uh uh, thinking about, we should have brought them on all, uh, all together for one big forum. Maybe we could do that sometime down the road. I just want to get those, those guys uh, their props and their shout. They're friends of this program and of the Dean David show as well. So they they have a lot of stories to tell uh, as well, along with Nick.
1: Yeah, well, we have, we probably got. We like you said, so we probably got to get them out and do like a forum style, you know, with this kind mm-hmm. of thing at some point because they shared some stories with us too. But. You know, on that note, let's get to the business at hand here. Carolina, they're three and two. They've won three in a row. This seems actually a lot better than people thought. You know, the Bears will have kind of their work cut out for them this week. They've had kind of had their issues too, the Bears. You know, they had like one of their practice squad guys test positive, but it looks like that was an isolated incident. So everybody else is coming back negative. So, where do you guys see in this game, real quick, before we do our picks?
2: Um, Lakena, you're going to get your wish. The Bears will play a complete game. <laughs> complete game. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is your week, Lakina. I feel it. It's gonna happen.
0: To get right, I think the defense can play well against Carolina. Um, I'm not scared of, of Mike Davis. I'm not scared of the wide receiving core, and honestly, I'm not scared of Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, although he, you know, he he lit us up last year. He lit the Bears up last year that was in Soldier Field, but he was with the Saints then. Um, in my opinion, a much better team, at least on paper. So I think, again, I think this is a game where you will see a more complete team. Um, not just for fantasy purposes, because I've seen a few articles and I've seen a few guys talk about this, but I'm looking for the Bears to start giving the ball more to David Montgomery. I think he can provide some mismatch, um, mismatch opportunities uh, not only with the linebackers, as you mentioned, Sydney, but also in that secondary. I think he can he can make some plays. And if he is able to be utilized with some consistency, I think he'll have a good game. I think that is a game that he'll have this week coming up. Um, I'm not looking for spectacular numbers from Nick Foles. I'm just looking for more consistency. And, um, you know, we're starting to get that. You know, there there's – he's he, – I, I have no problems with Nick Foles. Uh, you know, I know he underthrew a couple of balls last week. He was off target a couple times. I get that, but I'm, I'm still having no real issues with Nick Foles. He's still – the offense, again, to me, it, it just looks more competent with him under center. So I think you will see a more complete game in all three phases in this matchup. But I still don't know if that will equal to a Bears win.
1: I, I disappeared oh. for I disappeared for a second there, guys. So I'm sorry if I if you guys uh <laughs> if you guys didn't see me there. But uh, yeah. I mean, look. I mean, this is one of those games where look, this is one of those get-right games where you can able to actually finally play a complete game. But at the same time, though, this could be one of those trap games. So Mike Davis actually leads the league in rushing, believe it or not. I know that's that's hard for some people to grasp, but it, it's true. Um, I don't know if McCaffrey is supposed to be back, but they may kind of you know bring him in slowly. So I don't know what not, happens there. Not- um, look, I think they're like near the bottom, against the run of the defenses, you know, the one defensive guy that they do have, um, I think his name is, I got look him up for a second, but yeah, I think like one of their top defensive guys, you know, I know short's gone once again, you feel bad for him. He's gone for the season. The other, well, there are a few defensive guys Zach Kerr, the one defensive guy that's actually really good. Unfortunately, he's questionable because he's in concussion protocol. So... I mean, they should be able to kind of run this defense if they run the ball more. But this could be one of those games where you think maybe they could win, but then again, you never know. So, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. If they give David Montgomery the ball, keep Teddy Bridgewater and them on the sidelines, and you'll be fine.
3: I'm also too worried about the Bears' uh, run defense. Of course, they had their issues all year. We're not going to bring up Baby Goldman because we all know that he opted out. Uh, before the season started due to this pandemic. But with that being said, uh, we saw what Adrian Peterson did uh, against them on opening day. We saw Ronald Jones bust out that 30-plus yard run on uh, last Thursday night. We've seen examples of the Bears giving up the big play in the running game. Look at, at that Colts game, which was terrible, and the Bears' run defense uh, didn't show up there to start the game. This is uh, a game that the Bears should impose their will. They had a couple of extra days off because they played last Thursday. There's no excuse for the Bears coming out slow. If they come out slow on Sunday, it's going to be real problems. And if they happen to lose the game to an average team at best, uh, a few people are going to have a whole lot of questions to answer. And I don't want to hear any excuses.
1: And this is is a time where where the Bears, the schedule gets really tough. They got the Monday Mm -hmm. nighter against the Rams next Monday night. And they got a couple other tough games after that. So it'll be
2: interesting, though. Yeah. That's why they need this game. They need this game. This game will put them at five and one, and they can lose a couple and still be around the fight. So that's why they need to win this game.
0: Yeah, defensively for the Carolina Panthers, Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis aren't walking through that door. So to your point, Sid and, and Lakina, you know, the Bears can the, the Bears will definitely have some opportunities to make some plays. Uh, all right. So, what else is on the schedule? Are we going down? The, we're going down the weekly schedule here?
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, and for those of you, you know, the Raiders, the Saints, the Chargers, and the Seahawks are on bye. So this is sort of a sort of a light schedule this week, if you will. Um, because only three, three, only two three o'clock games, I should say. So, all right. First up, we got. I don't know if this game's still up in the air. I mean, the this, this schedule keeps changing. Um, we got Broncos and the Patriots. The Patriots apparently just had another positive test. So I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if this game's still going to go, but we'll, pr- we'll uh, make our predictions anyway. So who wants
3: to start? Um, I'll go with the I- Patriots. Cam Newton's supposed to be back. I don't know about um, uh, Stefan Gilmore, but uh, Denver is on a third or fourth quarterback or what have you. Uh, Mark Rippon's nephew is supposed to be, sorry, I assume. Uh, New England's at home. They're the better team. Uh, hope if, as long as they don't sleep all through this one, they should dominate the Broncos. So I'm going with New England at home.
2: I, I'm going with New England, but I'm rooting for Denver Center, Lord Barry.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take uh, New England here, too. Too much Cam Newton.
2: New England
1: as well. I don't think it'll matter if Gilmore is there or not. Really, Mark? Uh, no. No. Uh,
2: Texans and the undefeated Titans. Uh, he, I go, Houston got right last week, but they won't get right uh, this week. Tennessee continues to win, even though their quarterback almost broke his ankle trying to do a Julius Erving layup in the end zone. But, <laughs> I don't know what what made him break out the finger roll. I, I hey, I don't know, but I, I bet you won't try that again. But he did make a quick sidearm pass, and uh, but that finger roll, man. But Tennessee should win. Houston did get back right with the changing and the climb of the pink slips. So I'm, I'm going to go with Tennessee, though.
0: All right. So, you, you, I mean, had not got to talk about this, so I'm just going to give you my quick reaction. Yes, finally. <laughs> the Texans did what they were supposed to do. You guys know how I felt about this team and that coach, so I'll just leave it at that. Um, and so did the Falcons. Yes, way to go. Um, but but listen, it, the Tennessee Titans may be the most complete team in the entire league right now. I'm not. I'm not talking about the end of the season or you know the middle of the season. But right now, they may be the most complete team. Um, I don't want to tackle Derrick Henry. No, n- nobody nope. should want to have to tackle Derrick Henry. N- n- nobody. Josh Norman bless his heart. But he's a meme now, forever. But um, so now you
3: should yeah. go back to Fox TV. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I, go, go low. That's all I can say. Go low. And, and, and No, go with two. Well, again. That won't go, work either. Go, go with a prayer. I mean, don't, don't try to tackle Derrick Henry head up. I don't know how many times that has failed for people to not get that lesson. Anyway, I digress. Um, big blowout potential here, at least in my opinion. I like the Titans. I like them kind of big.
3: I got the Titans as well.
1: So do I. All right, we got a good one here at AFC North. We got the Browns and the Steelers.
3: Uh, this is a rematch game since uh, Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph both uh, made themselves look like fools on national television last fall. Yes. Uh, pitch, uh, Cleveland is actually looking like a playoff contender. Uh, Pittsburgh, they survived the shootout against Philadelphia, the in-state rival, inter-conference rivals last week. Cleveland, I think they're going to put up a fight, but I think Pittsburgh is going to uh, be too much for them. Cleveland, they got to show me that they're a real playoff team. If they're a real playoff team, they'll they'll, they'll have to beat Pittsburgh in my mind. But uh, coming up close doesn't count in the National Football League. I'm going with Pittsburgh.
2: They're the better team. I'm going with the Roethlisberger Express still. Roethlisberger Express is rolling, man, and he got another receiver to throw it to too. It's rolling. Chase Cleveland. Yes, Chase. It's
0: rolling. Yeah, I, I kind of like the Steelers in this one, too. Um, you know, Pittsburgh's playing well. You know, n- n- not for fantasy purposes. You know how I like to get my jabs in, but uh, he needs to start finding uh, <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster a little bit more. He you know, will. He <laughs> will this week. I this actually week. think he will as, as, as an analysis this week, but I like Pittsburgh.
1: I like Pittsburgh, too. I'm still not a Cleveland believer yet. I'm not. I'll be
3: watching this game in this attorney via my computer.
1: <laughs> All right. All right. You got, here we go. We have the intra-conference matchup. We got the Ravens and the Eagles.
2: I'm, uh, The Ravens going to blow the Eagles out. Period. That ain't, The Eagles ain't got nothing. That's how I feel about this game. And the Ravens got to prove something to a whole bunch of people right now. Because they're getting a lot of doubters. People talking about Lamont fell off. Or is he hurt? They're going to show people he ain't. And I don't think the Eagles got enough to stop them. Even though they may have finally found themselves a wide receiver, that can stay healthy. You know Baltimore.
0: Yeah. I, something tells me this game might be close. I don't know why, guys. I, you know, I tend to be wrong usually about these things most of the time. <laughs> so um, I, I think, again, I think this game might be close. I'm still going to take the Ravens, though. Um, just because Philadelphia, they they got another guy on their offensive line out. I just saw that a few minutes ago. So yeah, they they, their O line is just in shambles. I can't give them much of a chance here.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, Jason. I, I think it's good. I think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think it's going to be close.
0: Okay,
2: I see
1: it. <laughs> all right, NFC East, where everybody's still and apparently the F- Washington and the Giants.
2: Um,
0: I'll, awesome. I'll start first here. Um, first of all, I just want to give a, a big applause to Alex Smith. Yes. um you know, hey. Lord knows I got to watch a, 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 the few minutes of that game when he was in I mean I'm so happy for him but Lord knows I was praying every single bit uh, th- that offensive line in Washington is, is is horrible it's horrible and I think he got sacked like five or six times in that small amount of time he was in the game so you just it's one of those things where you just wince right every time yeah. you, you know you cringe every time you see somebody try to wrap them up and take them down but uh, so happy for him just to get back out on the field. A little bit more on Washington. I I think what's happened to Dwayne Haskins is a crime. I think he's good. I, I don't think he's been in, been put in the best situation to succeed. I just don't. Um, but, you know, the NFL is what it is. You know, these things happen. I'm hoping he can get a second chance somewhere with a better offensive line and better weapons around him. I think he's got some potential. But they made the move, and that that's what happens. Uh, to the game, though, I'll reluctantly take the Giants.
2: You stole the words out of my mouth. they am going with the Giants. I'm not. I'm gonna go with Washington. That's my upset of the week. Washington gonna win, man, because it's in, it's a it's a conference battle, and they got all the quarterback comp. I think Kyle Allen gonna start. The Giants will win. I mean, Washington will beat the Giants, man.
1: Uh, I pick it, the Giants. Uh, it's gonna be one of those 6-3-9-6 sort of type games. I just see it with these two. It so usually is.
2: Y'all leave me out there by myself. It's cold out there. <laughs> <laughs> extra, blankets, extra, cold. Blanket, <laughs> extra blankets, extra blankets, extra uh, blankets.
1: Okay, two teams that we thought would be a little bit better than they than they are right now. You got the Falcons and the Vikings. <laughs>
2: Oh, I, I, since I yeah, laughed. You know, yeah, since you're I, laughing. I I, I, guess, I mean, I still don't think Atlanta. I mean, I'm, I'm Atlanta. I was like, Atlanta, until they win, win I'm going to have to go against them every week. So I'm going to go with Minnesota, get right a little bit if they run the ball. If they run the ball, they get right because they got a backup over there that's running the ball also. That, that shows you right there that Minnesota can't run the ball if they choose to run the ball. So hopefully they run the ball and they should beat, it, uh, beat Atlanta, though. You should be the
3: Vikings' offensive coordinator, Lamont, because uh, they got away from that in that second half against Seattle, which which was a the game they should have won. The Vikings are back at home. Atlanta's still trying to find themselves, even though Raheem Morris would be the interim coach from here on out for the Falcons, I have Minnesota at home.
0: Yeah, I've, I've got Minnesota pretty much only because they're at home. Got um, to keep an eye on that on that injury for Dalvin Cook, although Alexander Madison is is very capable. He had a really good game in relief. Um, I told you, Lakina. I told you. Yes, I was you tempted to pick that upset with the Vikings over Seattle, but I ended up didn't, so I still want some credit. Uh,
1: <laughs> <boy>.
0: <laughs> they should have won that game, though, right? I mean, yeah. Minnesota should have won that game, but they didn't. Um, I think they'll win at home.
1: Yeah, I think Minnesota was going to be one of those get-right games for them, too. I think this will definitely help them get that morale because I don't think they're going to be in a very good mood because I feel like that Seahawks game slipped away from them. It did. So I'm going to pick the Vikings. All right, you got Lions fresh off a of bye against the Jaguars.
3: I'm going with Garden Minshew, a.k.a. Porn Stash over Detroit. Yes, Detroit had the bye week last week, but Jacksonville – Uh, They didn't look that great against Cincinnati, but who who does? Like We always say that Cincinnati will be improved in a couple years, and they uh, uh, built that team right. Uh, Detroit's going down there in that hot weather in Jacksonville. Jacksonville has a little bit better defense. They're actually a little bit better on offense than what people give it credit for. Keelan Cole, their wide receiver and DJ Shark. Watch out for those two. They can light up that bad Detroit secondary, and if they do, they can win this one going away. But
2: I think it's going to be sort of close, so I'm going with Jacksonville at home. I'm going to get in the car with you, and I'm going to go with Jacksonville. And if Detroit, <laughs> if Detroit get blowed out, we might be seeing some more pink slips and link cars. Oh, it's uh,
3: coming. It's just a matter of when.
2: That's for Matt Patricia. It's happening,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, you took, you took that word right out of my mouth as well, Lamont. Um, I, I like Jacksonville in this game, although this is probably one of the mad games of the week. Um, yeah, I think this is Matt Patricia's last game as coach. Um, you know, the, coming off of, especially if they get blown out, coming off of a bye, um, I don't think he survives a plane ride back to Detroit, so so I'm going to take the... do leave me. him! <laughs> hey, it's, it's been
2: done before! It's been done before, it folks! Just
1: saying. It's been done before. Yeah. Been done before. <laughs> um, I'm going to pick the Jags, too. I, I think, yes, I know Detroit's been out off a bye, but the fact that Patricia's still there, it's insane to me. It's pure insanity, but I think the yeah. Jags will win it. Alright, next up we got the Bengals What's and it? the Colts. Bengals and Colts. Uh, you know gonna that gonna... pick?
0: <laughs> what you don't want nothing to do with that pick? Uh, uh, no, no, <laughs> I'm gonna it. Um,
2: nobody wants who's to do So, play give play my play. Play.
0: so I, I I think you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I was looking at this game earlier. This is going to be one of my upset picks. I'm going to take the Bengals to upset the Colts here. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. Um, You know, there are some rumblings already down in Indianapolis about maybe possibly making a quarterback change going into the Kobe Brissett from, from Phillip rivers. Listen, if you're a Colts fan, if you're at the Colts front office, you knew what you were getting when you signed Phillip rivers, this guy's turned the ball over his entire career. He's good, but he turned the ball over. And there's no doubt about that. So we're starting to hear some quiet rumblings about who's going to be under center. I think it'll still be Phillip Rivers, but I like the Bengals. I like a sort of low-scoring game with the last-second field goal to pull this one out in an upset.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm going to go against you simply because I was reading some of that, too, and they're going to they do the whole injury thing like they do in L.A. to get Rivers out of the game and get the backup quarterback in the game. And, and they're going to make that change but Indianapolis is going cuz that's all they really need to become a little more dominant. So I think they're going to pull the trigger this week with an injury to Philip Rivers. Pim- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with the Colts. I me, mean, that's a good pick. Mm,
1: me too, going with the Colts too. All right, AFC East battle here. You got the Jets and the Dolphins. Um I'll start, I'm just going to go right out the way. Ryan Fitzpatrick has another big game. I'm picking the Dolphins.
2: Me too. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, I I,
0: I I, can't believe I'm about to say this. Don't say it. Uh-oh. I can't believe I'm about to say this.
2: Uh-oh. I don't think say it. what? This what?
0: Uh-huh? They, 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 they've got to they win, win one game this season. I think they've got to win one game this season. I think. I'm going to take this one. <laughs> OK. For no particular reason, just gonna do it.
1: <laughs> all right, <laughs> we, we, we can we reconvene on Monday. We all we'll, we'll all yell at Jason, okay? Yeah,
3: that's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm picking the Dolphins for the second week in a row. You saw what they did at San Francisco last week on the row. I expect them to do the same thing uh, again against the Jets. I know it's a AFC East division matchup, so it'll kind of be close. But the Dolphins. But as long don't get ahead of themselves, they should do the same thing again. The, that Jets team is terrible. are yeah, talking about the Dolphins. I'm going with Miami.
0: Yeah, nobody's arguing that the Jets aren't terrible. I know that. I know that.
2: But... <laughs> 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 Jason, Jason got Joe Flacco mania That's all. Is, is he okay? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> look,
0: look. Again, I think the Jets have to win at least one game this year, and I'm I'm going to take it over a divisional opponent. It, it, it won't be the Bills or the Patriots. So,
2: do they play the Giants? Do they play the Giants this year?
3: That's their one win if they do. No, they, no, they
2: don't. No, they don't. Uh, they
1: don't play the Giants they play this, year, they right? this year. Yeah, that they don't play. All right, uh, go Look, take this back. Deal. You know, take this train on the tracks here. <laughs> we got the probably one of the games of the week. You got Green Bay and Tampa Bay.
3: I'm going with Tampa Bay and the Buccaneers. Uh, I know Green Bay's had a great start to the season so far. They've been carried by Aaron Rodgers, who should be an MVP candidate. Yes. With uh, that being said, their defense hasn't been tested. If you're Tampa Bay, looking at that loss at Chicago last Thursday, you better straighten up that offensive line and clean up the penalties. Because if you don't, that overrated, great overrated Green Bay defense may tee up on Tom Brady. If you don't want that to happen, if you're Tampa Bay. If you are the Buccaneers, pound the rock, pound the rock. I don't know if Leonard Fournette's going to play or not, or whoever's running the ball. If you want to keep air just on the field, um, clock management, running the ball, and make sound decisions. If, if the Buccaneers can do that, they can walk away with this game. It's going to be close. I, I think Tampa Bay has a, a, enough to win. They just got to cut down on the turnovers and definitely cut down on the penalties. That did not happen last Thursday in Chicago. Um.
2: I'm going to say something that I hate to say, it hurt to say, Green Bay going to win. Uh, okay, I said it All right now. <laughs> but, no, I mean, they're going to win for a couple of reasons. Do you honestly think Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers can sleep at night knowing that the Bears beat Tom Brady and he didn't? Do you really think he's going to let Tom Brady out shoot him, man? No. He's gonna outshoot Tom Brady, and Tom Brady don't got enough bullets left in his arm to shoot with Aaron Rodgers. All that other stuff out the window. It's gonna be a Brady Rodgers, and Rodgers will not let that happen. So yes, it hurts my heart to say Green Bay gonna win.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I man, I, I like want to really pick the <laughs> Buccaneers in this game, but I I just don't see anybody stopping Aaron Rodgers right now. I just don't see it, especially coming off of a bye. Um, and, and the Tampa Bay Bucks, they, they, they've they got some alarming trends. You mentioned them, Sydney, turnovers and penalties. Not championship quality at all. Um, I think it's going to be high scoring. I do. I think there are going to be a lot of touchdowns being scored and thrown. And, you know, whoever's got fantasy, you know, players there, they're they're, they're probably going to be happy at the end of that game. But I just don't see anybody stopping Green Bay right now. Not right now.
1: Me neither. I, I just don't mm-hmm. see it happening either. I know, yeah, I know that – they got an extra week off. Green Bay did, so I think you know clean up some of those adjustments and those trends, like you said, said we saw here in Chicago last week. I don't. I think it's going to continue in Green Bay, and I think Green Bay is going to stay undefeated. All right, battle here in the NFC West. You got the Rams and the 49ers. I'll start. I'm going to. I don't know. if Dalton – I, mean, I mean, I don't know. Garoppolo is going to start for them, but I don't think it's going to matter. I think they Aaron, say now, so. yes. Yeah. As of now, okay, so I think Aaron Donald will probably be swallowing him up whole, and uh, he'll probably have two put or three more sacks, right and um, I, think Ra- I think the Rams... Wait, hold on. Hold on, Lamont. Uh, I think the, the Rams are going to beat him pretty handily.
2: Yeah. he, he going to put him right back out. I agree with you. He's going to put him right back
0: out. Yeah, yeah. The- Garoppolo shouldn't have started last Sunday. He shouldn't have started. Um, you know, th- th- this is what it is. Um, so... I don't think I don't think whoever's starting at quarterback for San Francisco it doesn't matter in this particular week. Um, I I think the Niners may get blown out again. Um, the Rams got too much firepower, especially on offense. They're they're cooking, and then, you know obviously when you got Aaron Donald on that defensive line, yeah, it's kind of scary. I like the Rams, I like them big.
1: All right, first of two Monday nighters. You got the early Monday nighter here. You got the Chiefs and the Bills both coming off losses.
0: Anybody? Uh, I'll start.
1: I'll start. I think, I'll start.
0: For me, this okay. is the game of the week uh, between these two teams. I, I think, I mean, let, let, you know, I would set the over-under at right around 70 on this game. <laughs> I really would. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored, um, you know, which is what we like to see sort of in this day and age. Uh, the Chiefs are going to be a little angry. Look, they were due for a loss. I don't, I don't put too much stake in their loss. I just don't. I think they're still, you know, the, the, they're obviously still the defending champs. Um, they're right there. They're probably 1A for me uh, when it comes to best teams in the AFC, uh, right there with the Titans, in my opinion. Uh, the Bills are really good. You know, can can Josh Allen keep his momentum going? You know, I think they need to get Devin Singletary evolved a little bit more. Um, but I'd like the Chiefs to go on the road and pull this out in a close game.
2: I'm going to pick Kansas City, but if they lost, it wouldn't surprise me because Buffalo got a bad taste in their mouth, so it wouldn't surprise me. But I'm going to pick the Chiefs.
3: I'm picking the Chiefs as well. Lakina, check over the uh, over and under numbers from Las Vegas and see if we can get Jason to bet that. Lamont did it before and he lost by a few points with that Green Bay um, uh, Atlanta game a couple of weeks ago. On Monday.
2: One touchdown by Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan couldn't score six points. That's why I know.
1: <laughs> Good grief. Uh, hold on as I look that up. It's 57 and it, a half.
0: It, 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 yep, yep, 57 and a half. I'll take the over on that.
3: Okay, we got you down for the over. We'll see what happens.
1: I'm going to pick Buffalo. Got you. I'm going to I'm Buffalo. I'm going to I'm I'm pick Buffalo. I, I think, look, that loss against the Titans, I'm sure Josh Norman's going to have nightmares about, you know, Derrick Henry coming at him. I, I, I think this is going to be – well, Yeah, I think this is going to be one of those, you know, games. Plus, it's going to be in Buffalo. If this was an arrowhead. I could probably see the Chiefs winning, but – it's going to be in Buffalo, so Josh Allen has a, has a great game. Devin Sander has a great game. I mean, the Raiders gave you the formula to, to beat them, so I think they'll use that, and this will be a good one, too, one of the games of the week. The other Monday nighter, you got the Cardinals and the Cowboys.
2: Um, I'll start. Um, I need Arizona. I'm going with Arizona. I'm still a fan of Arizona. I need them to win because I don't want the – Andy Dalton can lead the Cowboys team somewhere. Talks to start. And the Dak Prescott contract talks to start. I don't need none of that drama. I just need Arizona to go in there and knock their head off like they're capable of doing. Dallas defense is in flux. Kyler Murray needs to go down there, use Hopkins, do his thing. But, yeah, I don't want all of that. We don't need Dak stuff to start in Dallas. So I need Arizona to go ahead and handle that.
3: I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals as well, Lamont. I know Chandler Jones, their defensive stud, is out for the year, I believe, uh, with an injury. But on the other side, Dallas's Cowboys defense has been terrible all year. I know they had injuries too. You saw the way they had to the struggle just to beat the Willis Giants. With that being said, Kyler Murray, do not turn the ball over. Run the ball. Keep that Dallas defense honest. If they could do that, the Cardinals will win this ball game on the road on prime time. I'm going with Arizona.
0: Boy, to me, this is a pick'em game, guys. Even with Andy Dalton under center. Um, I don't know where to go with this game. I think we all feel the same way about Arizona. They're a good team, but you know, are they there yet? It doesn't look like it, right? I mean, showing a little bit of inconsistencies. They've been getting gassed in the defensive side, Sid. And you know, with 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 Chandler Jones out, you know, that that gives me some cause for concern. Um I'm with you, Lamont, on the Andy Dalton possible narrative, right? Because, you know, he, he obviously came in and played well, you know, in, in Prescott's absence. I, I won't get into that and how he's been done so wrong in Dallas. I, I won't get into that. We don't have the time. Um, but you know, I'm wary of that Andy Dalton narrative, like you mentioned, Lamont. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, man, I I I think I'm gonna go with the Cardinals here. I'm gonna go with the Cardinals in a shootout.
1: 55 is the over under. Pick- so I'm going to – yeah, so you might as well take the over, I guess. And, look, I know I know Jones, you know, losing Jones is like the one defensive – good defensive player that they have, but they have a lot of good young guys. But, look, Dallas' defense is nothing to write home about either, so this could be one of those high-scoring games. I think the Cardinals are just enough to win this game. It'll, it might come down to a field goal, but I think the Cardinals will win it. All right, yep. last but not least, Panthers and Bears.
2: I'm going with the Bears. I told you, I think this is going to be the one complete game that they give you. This is the Lakina complete game. (laughs) I'm
3: going to put the pressure on the Bears as well, even though my head tells me Carolina. I'm putting the pressure on the Bears. If you you think that you're a a complete football team, if you are a playoff team, and I know head coach Matt Nagy said that everybody needs to get better. He needs to get better, by the way, better play calling, by the way. (laughs) With that being said, Uh, The Bears have some extra days off. They need to set the tempo early. I'm going with Chicago.
0: I'm going to go with Chicago as well. Um, There is a bit of reluctance here, but I I will go with Chicago. Um, I still think it's a close game. They played pretty much all their games close this season. Um, You know, I I think it'll be a last-second score, but I also think this is a game where David Montgomery will shine. I, I, I just think... Hopefully, Matt Nagy has gotten it through his head to get this guy the ball um, more, more consistency, and in in more situations where he can actually succeed. Right? Um, I think you know. Again, I think it'll be some back and forth here a little bit going.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think I'll pick the Bears too, but again, I'm doing it reluctantly and. I wouldn't be surprised at the Carolina, but I wouldn't be surprised if Carolina pulls it out. I think Terry it, Terry mm-hmm. Terry Bridgewater's done very well. I think he's only lost like once against the Bears when he's starting. We saw what we did last year against the Saints. Yes, I know with different personnel, but the Carolina's got a Carolina's a young team. Matt Rule has his guys believing in them and they think they can be right there for that division. So I figured, hey, sure, why not? So we'll see. Could be interesting. And those are week six picks. You know,
2: like, oh, go ahead, Lamont. Yeah. No, I'm saying, like you said, if if Bridgewater have an attitude for the Bears insulting him in free agency, and Mike Davis has an attitude for being here and not being used at all, it could happen. I mean, I'm going with the Bears, but it can happen. Lequan. I wouldn't be like this if they lost, right. because it can happen.
1: The Mike Davis revenge game, this might be. so, And we know that the Bears have not done well against the run, so that could be the case. All right, let's go to the college gridiron real quick with all the weird stuff that's been happening. There have been a lot of games that have been postponed from LSU in Florida to we, we talked about Oklahoma and Baylor and now Cincinnati and Tulsa. Their games have been postponed. So what do you guys think of all this has been going on with all these games being postponed?
2: that when they, when they threw, and remember, we talked about it a few weeks ago, I told you that college would be the first to start letting them people back in because they needed their people back in just to have games, and you see how coaches, wasn't that Florida coach that just said that he went to the uh, government, I mean, went to the state and asked, can you have 82,000, and now your game is postponed? I mean, you knew this was gonna happen in college when they started bringing. in. I mean, I love LSU football. Don't get me wrong; they hold a hundred thousand in there when they want to, but sending thirty thousand up there ain't the safest. And now you got the Saints talking about moving to play their games down there so they can bring some people in. So I mean, that that's gonna be it's gonna be interesting with all this COVID breakout down there. Like I was saying before we went on the app, I had to. Shut it down until you find something to do, or stop all together. Unfortunately,
3: uh, college football won't stop all together. Unfortunately, you can maybe stop letting uh, even though it's supposed to be between ten and twenty percent capacity. Maybe you can stop uh, letting the people in, maybe. But I think college football is going to have the same mentality as the NFL. Loans don't have a major outbreak. I think they're going to push through. I'm looking forward to Alabama. They're playing on, on CBS. On Saturday night in prime time, as I said before, when I saw the game a couple of weeks ago against Texas A&M, I never seen Alabama so uh, their fans so scattered, so spread out. This is the times they relive, and I'm sure we're going to see the same thing on Saturday night.
0: So, you know, we, I, I, I talked about this, you know, before we officially came on air, guys. I, and I'm and I'm not, you know, trying to pat my back here, right? I'm not trying to give myself credit, but <laughs> I not, have been saying not. this. This is a matter of time. This is a matter of a when and not if situation. Um, I, I, again, I, I can't help but start to think about these young student athletes because we're, we're talking about kids here. We're not talking about adults. So the NCAA, again, I'm, I'm, I'm just not going to harp on this, but there is a grand lack of smarts. When it's been coming to dealing with this whole situation so I'm not surprised that we're seeing these games postponed um again I just go back to the safety factor I don't I don't you know the season probably shouldn't have been played in the first place
1: yeah (sighs) yeah I mean it's it's unfortunate it's it's unfortunate that this is happening and but we we knew we warned all of you that this was going to happen but, you know, will like, say let him play, let him play. But then, you know what, look, look what's going on here. So, you got coaches, you know, getting COVID. You got players getting COVID. You know, outbreaks all over the country on these campuses. So, I don't know. But, look, I'm looking forward to the Georgia-Alabama. Uh, that should be a fun one. Um, Pittsburgh and Miami, that's always a fun one, too. So, you know, there are some good games. But, like I, like I said, you know, if we're in a couple of weeks, once the Big Ten comes in and then after that, the Pac-12 comes in, you know, all bets are off,
2: yeah. folks. And I'm looking that uh in let Texas uh Texas AM Mississippi State. That that should be interesting.
0: Yeah, that's be a good game.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's I wanna see K, KJ Costello got benched after throwing for six hundred yards against LSU, but how does that mm-hmm. happen?
0: Well well because it's it's because Mike Leach doesn't care. And I mean that in the in the sense that he's gonna do whatever he wants to do to win a game. Like he doesn't like I'm not saying that he doesn't care about his players or anything like that, but yeah. I think we all agree that Mike Leach is a uh, mercurial character, shall Ooh, we say? Yeah. A bit eccentric.
2: And uh, the guy came in and threw three interceptions. Both of them threw like three interceptions last week. I'm like, okay, it doesn't matter who you put out there as long as you keep running the same play. Exactly. So it No matter who you put out there. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So, yeah. you know, uh, again, I think I think, uh, I think it, that, that should be a fun game. I'm looking for a lot of points scored in that one too, though.
3: Yeah. How about Kansas and I believe West Virginia on Big News Saturday on Fox? <laughs> well, I mean – Yeah, that should be a good one. That should
1: be a fun one there. I mean, down in Morgantown. That should be interesting. Um, yeah. Kentucky and, and Tennessee, that should be a fun yeah. one there. We'll see if Tennessee can bounce back. Um, Florida State, North but, but Carolina that might be fun. It. That's in Knoxville. That, that's in Knoxville. Oh,
2: because, yeah. you know, Kentucky, Kentucky has so many people that they came yeah. – well, what, what, that's what Florida was playing. What was Florida playing? They said the, the fans had so many people that, that the noise was affecting them. That's what made him go back and ask, can he have fans? That last place they played, he said the fans was the reason he couldn't get his calls right. So, yeah, that that's anywhere in the SEC going to have some noise.
1: I'm not going to say it should be on upsell alert, but, you know, Georgia Tech, they've been playing well. Clemson, I think, should – I don't. I, I don't think Dad was gonna let him uh, go look too far ahead. But I think you know, just just you know, just be careful with this game. they are gonna be in Atlanta, so that should be a good one there. Um, uh, yeah, that's about it. I mean, we'll be to see college, one. Tech and the ACC. Oh yeah, that's a good one too. Oh yeah, we'll see Virginia Tech bounce back from that loss to North Carolina last week. That should be
2: a good one. you will yeah, North
0: Carolina. I think they could be on upset alert going down. To <laughs> fourth state. Who does
2: who does yeah, so, Arkansas play this? <laughs> Arkansas, um,
1: me see. Sure. Let's find out. That's what we're doing. Let's doing it now. Uh, But, yeah, so – but, yeah, it'll be interesting, though. I mean, some of these – look, there's going to be some interesting games. Like, we'll talk about it next week once the Big Ten comes back. That'll be an interesting one there. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you know, they'll be able to finish.
2: I still think – They've if, got
0: all missed this week, Lamont. Okay. They got who? All missed.
2: <laughs> Old Miss might be in trouble. <laughs> don't yeah, they cl-
3: yeah, they lost a close one to Alabama last Saturday night. So one of those teams got to get back on track.
2: Yeah, uh, And don't nobody Arkansas no respect. So Old Miss might think they could just molly wop them and come up short. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm gonna have to check. I'm gonna have to turn to the SEC network and see can I pull that one off.
1: Yeah, look, some good. Like I said, some good games this week. We'll we we'll convene on Friday, you know, but with the Big Ten coming back, so. It'll be interesting though, nonetheless, uh, real quick, I know we're, we're, yeah, yeah, exactly. So real quick, said well, do you think, uh, do you think Tony La Russa ends up coming to the White Sox, becoming a new manager? <laughs>
3: uh, the, ship, uh, the answer should be hell no. I respect Tony La Russa. He's one of the great baseball minds of all time. Let him enjoy, enjoy his semi-retirement. Leave him alone. I know him and Ryan have been in contact for like the last 40 plus years or so. But this smells like an A.J. Hinch hiring to me. We talked about this on Monday, Latina. You know, I know we'll talk about it some more in our, in our next podcast, but this smells like an A.J. Hinch hire to me. They will, as I said on our last podcast, if you shouldn't have fired Ricky ritchie if you didn't have your guy. The Sox have their guy, but they're going to leave no stones unturned, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's A.J. Hinch. Now, of course, no one can announce anything until after the World Series is completed anyway. So we'll have to wait a few more weeks for this.
2: Suspense and drama. Air quotes. <laughs> you, you think they want the AJ back? The hit oh man really like everybody gonna have to bring up the Black Sox if they hire AJ Hinch. We got to go through all of those old stories again. And Tony LaRusa great manager, respect the hell out of you, but come on, man, I just don't think he' in touch with this modern side of baseball right now. And I think he can be a great advisor, but not a great hire. And I agree AJ, with you. Yeah, and A.J. thing, I mean, I don't think we want to rehash this whole Black Sox scandal. We don't need no, and then with a young team that's on the uprise, we don't really, they don't really need that extra camera in the locker room, so to speak, to, to be, <laughs> man, if they do good, then you don't, I mean, they just don't need it, man. And I don't, like you said, they shouldn't have went on from Renteria if they didn't have a solid candidate to go to.
0: So, so, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of agree. I thought Ricky Renteria deserved maybe one more year. Um, I, know I didn't get to talk to you guys about this on Monday. Um, but also the move was going to be made at some point anyway, right? But, uh, well, I have a question because I I don't know. But is was the A.J. Hinch suspension for a calendar year or was it just for the season? Because – I mean, it's just
1: for the season. season. It's for the season. Yeah, it was just okay. for like the calendar. Okay.
0: Okay. yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, if, if that's the case, then I, I would imagine that the, he's probably their guy. I mean, I, I would imagine so. Um, he looks like the perfect candidate, you know, young, up-and-coming team um, for A.J. Hintz to sort of mold and, and you know, take under his wing. Um, so I wouldn't mind that hiring, I guess, but you're right, Lamont, there there will be questions if, if he is hired. You know, he will not have to run away from those type of questions if he's uh, the manager of the Chicago White Sox. So we'll see.
1: Which is why, I, which is why I think the whole this whole Larusa thing is a smokescreen. I think, hey, you know, let let that white right. Sox people yeah. be mad yeah. and get angry and get upset because you know, look, they're they're a big fan of social media. They know what's up, so they see all the comments and stuff like that. Their social media people are very on it. so that's why you know, look, let's leak Tony Larusa's <laughs> name. You know, the 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 Ryansworth connection, blah blah blah, and then you hire AJ Hinch. He's like, okay, this guy's not so bad.
2: But they might pull the other AJ out their back pocket and just trick us. Like you say, smoke screen. AJ hints, no, we going with the other AJ and pull it out their back pocket and say roll with it.
1: What are you talking about Brzezinski? <laughs>
2: on that note. <laughs> you know I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. They they I mean, you know, they interviewed him the other day. He was talking about he loved his job on the booth and all, but he'll be willing to leave it because you can't pass up an opportunity such as. So, they, it, like you he, say, it might be a big smoke screen. Pull, I mean, pull them out your back pocket. I I wouldn't be all that impressed with that move, but if they know something I don't, hey, that's why they get the big bucks.
1: That's why I think it's Hinch. I think it's Hinch, and it's just going to be a matter of when it will be announced. They'll do their due diligence, but I think it's going to be A.J. Hinch. All right, mm-hmm. on that. No, you follow me. Because going back. Yeah, well, yeah. go back I, to the right i, I got one. One. Go ahead.
0: Um, one quick thing before we get out of here. Um, I didn't know if you guys were, were going to touch on this, but I will. You guys can also follow as well. But um, I had the pleasure some years ago, even before I knew oh. you guys, um, to meet Vaughn McClure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was gonna.
0: And and he, you know, he he tragically he passed away uh, yesterday, and it was brief. Uh, you know, he was still covering the Bears for for. Chicago and again you know I got to meet him briefly he went to the same school that I went to um so I got to mention that to him really quickly I didn't have a whole lot of time with him but uh I just you know I, I want to say rest in peace to a, a good man a great man and um you know just just sending prayers and thoughts out, out to his family because again you know the sports world lost a good one yesterday. Totally. Yeah, I was, was going to add y'all had
2: y'all had any yeah, I, I was going to ask y'all had y'all had any dealings with him um, as I knew he was from here, but I, I I never had any dealings with him, but I was going to ask y'all had you all had any with
0: him. Yeah, I got to meet him really, really brief, like literally like a minute or two, <laughs> but but yeah, I did.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was a big fan
3: of his work when he was here in Chicago covering the Bears for the Tribune, and of course he moved to ESPN, and he, he continued to uh, do great work there. He will be missed
1: yeah and just you know, tragically you know in recent months he lost a lot of family members you know if you saw the picture one of the last instagram pictures he did was with him and his father who passed away earlier this year and i think another i think a couple other family members he lost too so just a uh, tragic but hearing the stories you know jeff dickerson who i we had, we had a chance to meet Jason, a a couple of years ago, um, he shared Mm -hmm. a story with him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, you know, JD's uh, wife, you know, lost her bowel cancer last year, and Vaughn was there for him. And you see until somebody else, our good friend of the show, Dion Miller, shared some stories, too, when she first, you know, started here in Chicago. Vaughn mm-hmm. was still there covering the Bears, and so, so, so you know, the other stories, you know, Jenna Jenna Lane, who does a great job covering the Bucks. So lots of you know ESPN, ESPN NFL family lost a lost, a, and Chicago in general lost a, a great one. So rest in peace to Mr. McClure. Yeah. All right, and on that note, you follow oh, cool.
3: me?
1: Yes, absolutely, indeed. Um, on that note, you follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter, at Kina McGee on the Instagram.
2: Follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook. Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter.
0: And you can follow me at Truth and Reason underscore on the Twitter. And you can also follow the show's Twitter handle at 2ndcschi.
3: You can follow Yo Truly on Twitter and Instagram. Sidkid80. Once again, kid 80 That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can check out our website at we are RegalRadio.com. It's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L-Radio.com. And you can check out our podcast, Second City Sports, along with all the programming for war media, by simply uh, searching for War on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you download, in Google Play, wherever you download your podcast, make sure you search for War on Anchor. We're also on iHeartRadio. When you download the iHeartRadio app, please, please, please type in your search engine box, War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And we're also on YouTube, where you are watching us right now. Type in your search engine box on YouTube. War Media. That's W-A-R-R Media. And you can watch us like y'all right
0: now. Voila! There we
3: are.
1: All right. So, stay warm uh, out we're, there. We're,
0: real quick, guys. What we got in the game tonight?
1: Oh. Um, I, I, think, yep. um, I think the Astros will f- force Game 7. Ooh. And I Ooh. think the... You okay. know, yeah, and I think the Dodgers—they're not going to go out like that. So I got them winning tonight.
2: I think, Dodgers. I think we're going to get uh, the World Series nightmare. <laughs> Atlanta, Tampa Bay. Don't nobody want them now. So I want, I want it. To it tonight. I want it to happen tonight. <laughs> I, I, I want it. I want it. Um, I know but we're uh, to fighting
0: you know, yeah, yeah, I'm a you know I'm a baseball purist, so I don't care who who's playing. Um I like to see good baseball and I like to see new blood. Um didn't get a chance to get into that really really re- well with Nick Hamilton. But you guys know how I thought about the Dodgers. I I, I called it. I, the Braves are going to take him out. I think they actually take him out tonight. Um I actually think both series end tonight. Um Carlos is backing up his talk. So I'll give him a ton of credit for that. He's backing it up, but um is I, I think too much Tampa Bay tonight, too much Atlanta tonight.
1: Yes, and Fox, I, I'm with you. I will be Fox, watching. And the Fox executives are already freaking out. Uh, <laughs> so for the That's guys, okay. yeah. So for the guys, I'm Lakina. Stay warm, stay safe, wash your hands because you know the, the COVID cases are spiking here in Illinois. So come on, guys, wash your hands. You know, keep your distance and wear your mask. So everybody, please stay safe, and we'll see you next week.
3: Peace.
2: Go Bears till next time ha huh.